Wardcast episode 151. Go! I'm Del Vento, and today I'm rejoined by my Train Jam team. What's up, guys? Yo. <laughs> uh, Keaton White's here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Yo. How how is it in the in the not Midwest Midwest Midwest? Yeah. Um. Well, we're two weeks out from launch, so you know, stress levels are are high. <laughs> <laughs> really, you don't say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also joining us, Matt Gambell. Hello. Over in Brighton, England. Oh, I'm I'm the British one. I'm the outsider on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is American only, baby. American made. <laughs> now we have a sizable number of British devs come on the show, which is interesting. Right. Uh, but I just I felt specifically like the minority when we were when we were jamming. <laughs> uh, specifically, Dylan, because you and I would constantly argue over words. <laughs> <laughs> well let's i mean like we'll just put it out there like celsius it's a bad it's a bad temperature no, I'm, not, I'm not going into this debate with you again. <laughs> i told mike bithel about that when he came on the show he's like i don't have any horse in this race like whatever like <laughs> is it hot outside is it not that's my that's my gauge <laughs> trying um, to start fights <laughs> uh cross atlantic beef man it's what it's all about yeah also joining us, Craig Barnes, Hi. composer. Hi. Hi, Craig. How are you doing? <laughs> good, good. How are you doing? Good. How's New York? New York's beautiful. Beautiful weather. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not ridiculously hot. No, no, it's fine today. Today. Can but, we get a temperature gauge just across the board? Like, how is everyone's temperature? Because I heard England was not doing oh, well. God. It's been uh, like... We've had a, essentially six weeks, I believe, of solid sunshine. That doesn't happen in England ever. Um, uh, but the, the f- like the, all of the grass became like savannah. I, I was so, so confused. I was just like, what's <laughs> happening? We need rain. Where are the rain gods? Um, fortunately, it did rain this weekend. So um, we've we've been... Blast. So everyone's calmed down. Everyone's yeah, everyone's a bit calm. But oh my god, I like trying to sleep because we don't have aircon here, right? So there's only mm-hmm. like a few select places in the UK that have aircon. Fortunately, the office I work from has aircon, did which you is all lovely. Just camp at the office. Yeah, most <laughs> most of us did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pitch a tent. Yeah. What about you, Keaton? What's it like over there? Um, we always talk about the weather on this podcast whenever <laughs> we bring guests on because I guess that's just like the universal equalizer. Right. Ah. It's a great icebreaker, yeah. right? It's been pretty good. Like you know, it's like mid to high 20s in celsius um yeah but what is that in real you know <laughs> like 80s it's been pretty nice but the room that i work from has no insulation and like a mm. flat dark roof Ugh. um so it's essentially an oven which is <laughs> why my pc gets warm and then shuts down <laughs> you need to buy like like extra fans for that thing and just like water cooling some sort of thing what i need is a motherboard that works <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's pretty important. Is that your dev PC? Yeah. So it's like it's like can I make it to release without the PC dying completely and then will I recoup enough to buy another motherboard? <laughs> Is there uh well I hope you recoup enough to buy at least a motherboard. I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> that's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> um motherboards for days we're gonna gauge all of my game releases from now on and number of purchasable motherboards yeah (laughs) 
Um. So yeah. So we were the 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 train jam team. Did we have a team name? Did we have a team name? Uh, if we did, I forgot. Yeah, I think I it was like just named after eight. the game, right? It was. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it just on names? Yeah, we just put our names on the title screen. So. Oh, that's we okay. were original. Yeah, I think we we were too busy making the game to come up with a team name. Yeah, I think yeah, that we're too busy making it good right at the end. Yeah, that was a whirlwind trip. This was that was your first like experience outside of your state, right? Uh, not outside of my state. Um, like past San Antonio's in Texas is the farthest I've ever been east, or I mean west. Right. Uh, before that, so yeah, that was like that entire half of the country, Colorado, Nevada. Right. Yeah. Uh, I remember you being so excited, like you were like a dog <laughs> out the window, just sort of like, oh, look at this thing. I mean, Colorado is the best state. Oh, so. God, it's so gorgeous. <laughs> so you've never you, been to you PAX in... West or anything like that, Dylan? Nope. I was an East boy. Oh. Only PAX East. You coming yeah. to PAX West this time? Yeah, the panel got in, so oh, I'll, be, I'll be over there. Nice. Yep. Um, are you going to be there, Craig? I'm going to be there. Hell yeah. <laughs> you gonna be like I saw you last time with all your tiny build swag yeah, on you? Yeah, I kind of you know sort of help them out, but also sort of mooch off of them for a free pass. <laughs> yeah, so. be more orange. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty orange. Ultimate orange. <laughs> yep. So yeah. I'll be hanging around with them again at their booth. That's cool. Yeah. What about you, Keaton? Are you gonna make out west? No, I thought about it, but it just didn't work out this time. Mm. So. It was it was cool seeing you at East though in in the Indie Mega booth. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of work. I don't recommend soloing Indie Mega booth. Oh god, yeah, that must have been awful. It was hard. I the PR company I'm working with, like I was able to get one of them to help me out on the booth, so it wasn't like just me all day long. And then Craig helped me take it down, which was <laughs> super super oh, helpful. How nice. Uh, see, that's the benefit of like traveling on something like train jam and just making friends is that sometimes you go to another event and you're like, Oh, Hey, I know you. Yeah. Help me. Could you please help me? <laughs> help me move these bags of sand. We're, we're going through this pain together. Yeah. You understand. Uh, I helped out the Finji booth the last two days of PAX East and, uh, which include Teardown, And there was a point where we were like literally dragging televisions to their minivan that Becca had rented to drive back to Michigan. Mm. And there was a point where we were like still getting like all the minor stuff and and Rami looks at us, you know, like the three or four of us, like getting everything together. And they looks at like everyone that was helping with like um, Mike Rose's booth and all these other booths. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Hey guys, can we like give them a hand?" So we just got this swarm of extra hands, just like come over to our booth nice. and help us like finish the job. But yeah, that 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 tear down, it's no joke. Yeah, and those union guys, they they don't fuck around. They do not. They're just like, "Hey, why are you still in the building? Hey, get out of the way of my forklift!" Like, not caring about pedestrians no <laughs> but speaking of cons how about uh, uh develop brighton matt oh my god so good um well like i didn't i only had an expo ticket uh this time because I've, I've been the past few years and um the talks sort of cycle a little bit uh at a lot of those sort of conferences uh, and, and actually the best part about develop is is more the the external events anyway so yeah uh, but that was great i uh Gamer Network throw a sort of summer party, um, and it's it's an open bar. So I mean, you pay for the ticket, but then you you just and I mean, it was in the middle of the World Cup as well. So we ended up watching the the Croatia England game 
Um, and then because we lost, everyone just got really drunk. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I was kind of a win-win. I was, I spent most of the evening with, uh, uh like double fisting, double, double whiskeys, uh, all night pretty much. And if um, I didn't have one in my hand, somebody else would grab me one from the bar. So I, I'm pretty sure the next day I was just like, my blood was mostly just whiskey. Um, <laughs> weirdly I was fine though. So, um, maybe, maybe that's just my super strength. Just give it a few years. It'll come. Yeah. It'll... Well, no, I mean, I, I get hung over. I just think, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm still human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, were you showing the game off or are you just hanging out? Uh no, I, I no. <laughs> just hanging out. Looking for deals for uh God, I was going to do such good wordplay. Deals for the deal. Deals for the deal. Deals to live with. Deals for living the deal. Living living the deal. There you go. <laughs> deals to live with. <laughs> Whatever the name of my game is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tell me. You want to talk about that game? You want to talk about your previous game, uh, RPG Tycoon? Uh, yeah, I mean, so we've had just. I've been doing a lot of things over the past sort of year, so I haven't had a lot of time more to work on living the deal. Um, but for anybody that is listening and interested, it's a sort of business management life sim. So the best way to think of it is is essentially the Sims meets Monopoly. Um, but there's a sort of narrative twist to it as well. So kind of like in Harvest Moon, how you have characters that you need to talk to and you get benefits for making friends with people. Um, it's got the same sort of narrative spin on the game. Um, so it's it's a story-driven sort of management game, I guess. Um, still in development, but slowly moving forward because money is a hard thing to find as an indie dev, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, as we all know. So, um, yeah, dealing with just keep that moving forward. And uh, my last game was a game called RPG Tycoon, which is a kingdom building simulation game. Uh, it's sort of essentially Dungeons and Dragons meets Roller Coaster Tycoon, um, where you hire heroes and then you send them out on quests and then they make money and then you build things in your kingdom for them and then for visitors of your kingdom and make more money and uh, try to become the most successful kingdom in the entire land because these games are financial power fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> And that that game did pretty well for you, didn't it? It, I mean, like on big business on paper, it did terribly, but on indie level, one man team, it did great. So sure, yeah, uh, it, it's really What's relative. The scale we're working with. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think to date it sold it sold about twenty five thousand copies. I think it shipped a total of thirty five thousand units. So that sort of includes external keys and and like promo codes and stuff. So, um, you know, it was a three ish year dev cycle because it did early access. Um, uh, so I, I mean, I did okay. It funded me moving to Brighton, so I'm happy. And and you know, um, that's sort of where Keaton and I met. Yep. Uh, from me doing that game, so um, he's part of the reason I'm in Brighton and then left. <laughs> so <laughs> not <a> life choice. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> what? So you guys, you guys met before you moved to Brighton, then, or yeah, we what's did, the story uh, there? Oh. Insomnia was no Red. Uh, no, Rez. No, Rez. Yeah. yeah, Rez. We did Rez. Oh. Um, that was my first show. Yeah. I was scared, scared shitless because uh, my background's in film. So I was used to the sort of dog eat dog world of the film industry. And like you're representing yourself and nobody else gives a shit about you. Um, or at least from sort of university level of, of how people treat things. And uh, I was so amazed to go into a game show and then have people next to me be like, I want to play your game and sat down and then gave you loads of like, you know, advice or, or, or just sort of told you, their story and got really excited about it and that was so surreal 
Um, yeah. And uh, Keaton was uh, opposite uh, me with a bunch of other devs from uh, Brighton. <laughs> His Brighton gang. We actually had t-shirts. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> like, you make a joke, but that's exactly what it was. Yep. <laughs> and then we were like, look how many awesome people live and make games in Brighton. And yeah. So we were basically walking advertisements. Yeah. <laughs> so is there like a, a scene in Brighton where the game devs are hanging out and doing all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Is that, or is that yeah. the scene like right there, that row of people? at? Oh. oh, no, there's there's so I mean, well, Game and Network are based here. Um, so, uh, they've like, they run most of the sort of, or the, the largest of the UK gaming events and obviously run Eurogamer, uh, gamesindustry.biz, that sort of group of things. So, um, they're, they're based in Brighton and, um, uh, there's a bunch of sort of like high res studios have an office here. Unity's based here. Uh, they have a sort of, sort of support offices for the UK, uh, and some of the learning team and, and. Yeah, um, Creative Assembly are just on, around the edge of Brighton. They're in Horsham. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and uh, Future Lab, uh, Chinese Room are here. I think Media Molecule have just set up an office here as well. So, I mean, it's it's a growing, constantly growing hub for for the UK games industry. I didn't know Chinese Room was based out of there. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Unity, have you guys gotten those Unity harassment emails yet? <laughs> Fortunately, no. <laughs> I've seen the Twitter posts. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> surreal. It's like we think you're making over a hundred thousand dollars, so why aren't you using the professional license? Please give us a ring. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're using the the indie plus license or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Gotta get rid of that splash screen. Yeah, <laughs> it's a siren going by. Oh yeah, if you hear seagulls, I apologize. <laughs> you got them living in your room or something? Yep. Distinctly loud. There's a lot of them in Brighton. <laughs> Very loud. That's funny because the part of the beach I'm from, I wouldn't say the wildlife is noisy, but I was literally down there yesterday, and there's a uh, naval base nearby, and uh, jet fighters or you know pilots do their like have to get in their hours, mm. gotta get in their flying hours, <laughs> and so like fighter jets will just be. <laughs> overhead way too low to the ground yeah, yeah. just like <laughs> it's uh i don't miss it i'm too tall to be a fighter pilot huh i found that out yeah i can't fit in a cockpit <laughs> really <laughs> wow how tall are you you six i'm foot? six foot four you can't oh. you can't fit in a fighter you have That's to be true. under five eleven i think oh uh, yeah so, wow so is that perfect. a dream dashed <laughs> i mean it was more like it was more one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess that can never be a dream, you know? Right. Like, yeah. It's like straight it turn was off a dream, the past. Dream dashed before it uh, began. You can't be an astronaut either. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sad realization. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm stuck here. You guys can all go to Mars. I'm just. Yep. You can't get on board. <laughs> I remember when NASA put out those like requirements for being an astronaut a couple years ago and like. Oh, it was just so delicious! All the NASA kids that got all their hopes dashed all at once. <laughs> so evil! It's like have to have have to have an engineering degree. Nope. Oh, all right, bye, kids. All right, you have to be under five ten. Nope. All right, you out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still qualify. Nice. Oh, 
Do you want to be an astronaut? I do not. No, I don't know. We got to take care of the, the terrestrial problems first before we need to concern <laughs> no, you ourselves. Just, you, we burn the planet and, you know, toss it aside like the rest of the rubbish that we, we do. <laughs> we just treat the planet the same way and we move on to the next one. That's how it works. I mean, I hear there's some water on Mars, so I mean, we'll survive underground. Yeah. It's probably irradiated. Yeah, frozen. <laughs> yeah. I've played video games. You can just terraform. That's how yep, it works. Yep. Yeah. It's a frozen you lake see. that's 90% methane and 10% water. We'll, yeah. we'll make do. We just set it on fire or something. That'll make water, right? Yeah. That'll make clouds. Clouds make rain. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. That's how <laughs> science works. I don't listen to a lot of like not video game podcasts, but uh, we were listening to one in the car. My girlfriend listens to like a BBC like science. It's like science in action or something. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Yeah. But they were talking about like how they use uh, used water on the ISS to uh, create oxygen for the astronauts. And apparently it's really difficult because of uh, microgravity because, you know, the the air, there's no buoyancy. So the right. So when they get the water droplets and then they convert it into hydrogen and oxygen atoms, it's like hard to like transfer it places. It was super interesting. And I was like, that was cool. Never going to listen to this podcast ever again, probably. But you learned something. (laughs) But I learned something. Uh, I think that's if it's a BBC thing, then it did its remit. Yeah. Now pay your taxes. (laughs) More for you. Yeah. Yeah. My British taxes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got a PBS subscription specifically so I could watch that Ken Burns Vietnam War documentary, and I might be still paying it. There you I'm go. Sure. That's sort of like that. There's so many like amazing things about having a, a public broadcasting network be like one of the biggest broadcasting networks in the UK, right. because yeah. there's so many things they legally can't do. Like they can't place, like have product placement, so they have to blur out so much stuff when they like. If it's like a reality TV show and they're going around someone's uh, house and they've got like you know like bottles of drink or food or whatever, they just have to blur the whole thing out. I feel so bad for editors uh, at BBC. Yeah, no, they probably start with a Gaussian blur and then they yeah. work backwards. They just yeah. key out the 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 people on yeah. screen. It's just a head. It's just a floating head. <laughs> you make that joke, but I have definitely seen an episode of something where that's exactly what it is because they've worn t-shirts and stuff. Man, that's some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Keaton, tell us about tell us about City of the Shroud. Uh, so City of the Shroud, for anyone who hasn't heard of it, is essentially XCOM meets Street Fighter. It's a real-time tactical RPG with... Com- that's a great pitch. We worked on it a lot. <laughs> And that seems to stick. With your PR person. Video games. Yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> it's that plus like a story that's driven by the players. So um, we put out a chapter and then people play it and they make decisions about who to trust and what to say and whatnot. And then we get that information for everyone playing the game um, sort of and look at it cumulatively and then write new content based on what people have done. Um, so like there's an ending, but we don't know what the ending is because we need players to get us there so is it kind of episodic in a sense yeah it's basically we're releasing it in episodes um so like episode one or chapter one as we're calling it is coming out in like less than two weeks and then we'll watch what players do and then after a certain point we'll be like okay this is this is the cutoff point and now we're gonna go write chapter two and then we write chapter two and we put that out. And then there's like a period of time where everyone can like play and influence. We just sort of rinse and repeat until we get to chapter four, which is going to end it. So, so it's just like an aggregation of all the moral choices that the 
players made while they're playing the game or something? Sort of. It's less of like a morality system and more like who are you going to side with and like look at their argument and like who they are as a person or as a character and sort of base your decisions off that. And then like if you think, oh, I actually really don't agree with what this person is doing, you can sometimes switch sides and um, you can also like join in certain circumstances you can be like i want to join this person but i also don't trust them and there are mechanics under the hood to accommodate that that's really cool Mm. and then but then how you're you're writing the next chapter is you just see like how many players made the most choice of one particular character to trust no so because it's a human writer it's not like a switch like we can look at gray areas and write that into the plot so because we've got like, say we have a faction and within that faction, there's like a choice that you have to make at some point and it's like trust or don't trust them. Um, we can see sort of like how many people are saying they trust them and how many people are saying they don't trust them. And then we can say like, oh, well, within this faction, everyone trusts their leader. But in this faction, like most people don't trust their leader. So what does that mean for how things play out? Um, mm, right. and we also have stuff for like, um, uh, you can, they, they have like alliances. So like certain leaders prefer other leaders and hate other leaders, but players can chip away at that and sort of like undermine things or be like, you should actually trust this person. So there's a few things going on. That's a cool kind of pipeline for development because like, I think a lot of people's frustration with other episodic choice based content, like the telltale games is that like, the choices some of the choices you make ultimately don't matter that much because they've already like they've they've already determined the path yeah. of the game so the fact that you can react to stuff makes means you can like make this really small thing that someone like made a choice in like in the very first episode mean like a whole lot in the third episode or i guess can you also like pay attention to like um uh, you know, narrative paths and choices that people will make. Like, hey, this this particular path is really popular, so let's like blow this out or, or or elaborate on this. Whereas this other one seems much less popular, so maybe we should focus less on it or divert it back into like a more popular. Narrative yeah. So, form. like the way that would express itself is like, um, say one faction was overwhelmingly more popular than all of the others, uh, which when we ran a test scenario, that actually did happen. Um, we have to then look at that and be like, okay, what does that mean for the story? Like, does it mean that these other factions aren't interesting to people? But also, like, if the world has tipped, if the scales have tipped in this way, and you suddenly have this one person standing out prominently ahead of everyone else, what does that mean politically for the characters and how they're going to change their motivations based on seeing that? So if they're like, everything is going to hell, but no one benefits from this, well, it could be anyone behind this to that person is clearly benefiting from this. It must be them, you know? So that's some of the stuff that we can play with. That's cool. And how do you see it playing out for like people that try playing the game like a year or two years from now where it's like, hey, all the decisions kind of have already been made production wise. Yeah. So that one, you end up with, I mean, we're still trying to make like a really solid tactical RPG with like a really well-written story. So if you come into it at the end, it's sort of like other episodic games where like all of the content is there and waiting for you, like from start to finish. Um, But we also have like five branches. And if 
I multiply, extrapolate out from like what our current playtime is, a single playthrough of the whole game would probably take like 15 hours. So that times like four or five plus any extra stuff that we add in would be pretty solid, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. That's cool. How did you uh, get hooked up with the writer? Oh, we went to college together. Um, And (laughs) and she and my wife are best friends. So. Oh, that's yeah. So it was like, hey, we want to do a game. (laughs) Moira, do you want to write it? She's like, yeah. And that was it. So she's like a a best-selling author or something like that. Like what's what's her deal? She's hit number one. Yeah. What's her deal? She's a, like, sci- she's a sci-fi fantasy writer. Um, she does other stuff wow. too, but um, her most popular series is a fantasy series called, uh, it's a trilogy called Light and Shadow. Um, and mm-hmm. she has hit with her own sort of self-published novels, number one on Amazon sci-fi and fantasy charts, which are different charts, uh, three times in three years. So... She's cool. really solid. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what she comes up with because, like, obviously I don't know. <laughs> You're mad lucky. Yeah, you, yeah it's super cool. <laughs> like every... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, can you... Oh, oh, just ahead. every time no, she no, sends in, like, a script or something for, like, here's this character's chapter arc or, like, here's this side quest. It's like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I think is interesting about what you do, like as opposed to other indie devs, is that a lot of indie devs are kind of like, oh, I got to do everything myself or I'm, you know, I'm the chief programmer, or, you know, I'm the artist or something. But like you, your background yeah. is primarily in production. So like you're you're you have to go out and source a lot of the talent for yeah. making the game. So like, yeah, it's I think been is an interesting approach because I started out doing production management at Capcom and that sort of taught me the basics of like outsourcing and team management and like handling all of that. Um, and then going into indie, obviously the different, the main difference is that Capcom, you have a budget and indie you don't. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was really the main challenge. Cause a lot of the people that I used to work with, you know, they, they run, they've either moved on and formed their own studios where they do freelance work um, or work for hire or you know something along those lines, or working with people in Brighton. So it was sort of like, all right, what network do I have, and like who do I know who has these skills, and then we'll work together. Um, so that's been so the struggle, of course, is then like uh, coordinating all of that and making it work with timing and the production schedule of an indie game where everyone is sort of nights and weekends and whatnot. Um, so production wise, yeah. it's, it's an interesting challenge, but it's, it's been fun. Um, and I definitely would do something similar again in the future. Cause I think it gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, but hopefully I won't have to like translate another Zelda Bible again to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's the, like the contracting side of things when you just want to, you, you're, you're spending time that you know you could be working on your game yeah not working on your game and i think that's yeah. the painful part it, no matter how i mean you know because i'm doing the same sort of thing and i'm working on some really exciting projects but there's always that thing in the back of your head that's like this is time yeah. that you're not spending on your thing you know so it's getting that balance right but i think that i suppose the difference between doing contracting versus like full-time work and still working in because people do that right people are doing 
nine to five full time. Yeah, that that programmer does yeah, that. Right? And you're still managing to make games, right? Like, um, that's tough because to to come home and still have energy to like and the mental capacity to program and like uh, move into that mindset because that's really often I find the context switch is like the hardest bit when you're changing between projects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you're doing uh, during RPG Tycoon, Matt? No, fortunately, because I was in a, I was in early access with RPG Tycoon really early on, and that I mean that had some of its problems, but it was funding the whole project. Mm. So um, I, I managed to work on that full time myself. Uh, I, I brought a musician on board, um, sort of quite early on, so he took the reins of a lot of the sound design stuff, which was nice. Um, but it just it sort of turned out that. Uh, the long tail on on the game wasn't great, so um, and and the budget I needed to sort of live in Brighton and also make the next game was a lot higher. So mm. um, it's just sort of transpired that I've been doing more contracting stuff. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. um, but it's been nice. It's been a nice shift. Like the, the stuff I'm working on, I'm really excited about, um, and I'm learning a lot. I think that's the other side of things. Is I I don't consider it. I mean, you know, it's it's decent. A decent way of living but um yeah i think uh the, the the learning side of it is probably what i find the most valuable because I'm, i can then take that on to other projects or yeah, yeah other definitely. things what is it yeah. that you're working on right now are you allowed to talk about it um yeah i think i can talk yeah there's a couple of things so i i i finished i recently finished a sort of a prototype for a kid's um kids game that's going to go to a few schools and it's on like a, an Amazon fire mm. and it's, it's sort of to teach them about healthy living. So it's about this idea of eating food and knowing what food's good for you and bad and how, how it makes you feel. That was really fun. Cause that's the first time I've sort of done a mobile project. So, um, uh, it was a really good small little thing and it was nice to finish something in, in a short amount of time. You know, it was probably only about two months work. So mm. <laughs> that was really rewarding after sort of spending a year away i guess that was sort of the mm. good thing about the train jam as well is that we managed yeah. to finish something so quickly <laughs> yeah um, that sense we of accomplishment games uh yeah <laughs> turns out yeah um, um yeah i find and, that oh go ahead oh sorry yeah i i so I, i'm also working on a um a game called the fleet i'm helping build a prototype for that which is in unreal which has been nice so i've been learning unreal and to sort of get a bit more experience in that side of things um and it's a space exploration Sim is sort of a bit Star Trek meets FTL, I guess. Cool. Uh, and and that's been really fun. Um, so yeah, I sort of came on board quite late with that, and it's more just sort of fixing things and and getting it up to scratch for something I want to do for Gamescom. Um, and uh, I'm also working on uh, Animal Farm. There's an Animal Farm thing in the works that um, one of the uh, Imre um, from Bosses Studios, he's sort of working on his own side thing, and they've, there's a few core people. Um, I don't know how much I'm, about to, I'm able to say about this, but it's been announced that there's a sort of Animal Farm game in the works, mm, like uh, and I'm, based off the book. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, yeah, well, they have the license for it, and they brought me on board to help develop uh, sort of prototype and help design um, what that game is going to be. So I don't know how much I can say yet, but. I'm definitely, you know, I'm on board. So, yeah. And that's really fun. We've had, I've had a really good time sort of working 
on that project. And uh, I'm going to do some stuff on it this week, actually. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't really publicly say much about it, but right. So it's you know. with with the fleet. How did you convince yeah. a, a developer using Unreal that you were the right guy for the job and you had never used it <laughs> before? Uh, because surprisingly enough, I, I I'm. I feel as though I'm fairly competent learning things. <laughs> so I'm entirely self-taught in general with pretty much everything. Um, and actually, I came in on a, I want to get stuck into Unreal and I need a project to get me off the ground. Right. And my friend, uh, Tom, uh, he runs um, Reversed in uh, Vienna. And uh, he, yeah, he was just looking for help because some of the team, he was sort of doing, he's sort of what like Keaton is uh, and and doesn't have a lot of, um, programming, no like experience in previously, mm-hmm. uh, and so he sort of just brought me on board to have a look at the project and and figure it out and see if I can deliver. But he knew that I didn't have any experience, so right. um, <laughs> so I, think I don't was, know anything about the pointers, man. Like the C plus plus pointers, uh, like whatever, was, dude. Yeah, it was it was pretty much just him being like, I don't have a clue. You're probably going to have a better idea than I do, and you you're free. You have the time to do it, so. <laughs> If you can, you know, if you can help at all, then have a look. It was more just sort of have a look at it and see how you get on. And within about a sort of a week, I was familiarizing myself with it and making some progress. Um, and we've sort of been working together on, I've been helping him learn as I'm learning. So I'm just sort of like screenshotting things. and like, here's how you do this thing. This is what I figured out. So we're sort of going through a process together and it's been very nice. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm very lucky. I've got a few few people I reached out to and they were like, do you know Unreal? And I was like, no. And he go, and um, uh, they, they said, well, this guy's looking for somebody to help and, and he's probably willing to take on somebody that doesn't know it yet. And then when you know a bit more Unreal, come back to us. So uh, it was a, a sort of process, I guess. Mm. But it's been good. What's What I like about Unreal, and I've never tooled around with it, but one of my co-hosts, uh, local co-host, Alex, he, he's an Unreal dev. Um, he's from, he, he went to SCAD uh, for game design. And he, um, it's just, he can, he can get a game up and running like prototype wise just so quickly with the blueprint stuff. And it's like, yeah, his, his game jam games are always like his game, his last game jam game he made, uh, with, um, two collaborators, uh, this pixel artist named Mina and this, uh, local composer, Ben. And that game got showcased on like a Markiplier video and all this other stuff. Like it, it Mm. made the rounds. I think PC gamer picked it up and did a little write up about it. Um, a lot of talented folks close by and it's really cool just he could get so much like output content wise yeah uh, with unreal yeah i found like it's it, it's interesting so i mean rpg tycoon was written entirely in action script so that was a co- that was all code i was was in or the equivalent of eclipse like adobe's eclipse skin uh building everything um by code using libraries and stuff um, uh, dealing with horrible memory management because Adobe Air is terrible at that. Um, <laughs> uh, and then moving over to um, un- uh, Unity and, and realizing that sort of it doesn't take four days to draw a menu on screen um, <laughs> because you're, con- you're not constantly having to figure with numbers. That was a nice shift for me. Um, however, I'm st- I still prefer to do a lot of stuff in code. There's still some stuff, for instance, with you know, abstraction, I guess, in Unity that becomes a bit of a nightmare because you're, you're sort of moving things around this black box and you've got a, you, you've got connections going all over the place. Um, and Blueprint is, is, I found just is 
the worst for that because I'm like, where the heck is this thing happening? And you're just digging through this literal spaghetti code, yeah. right? Like just lines, <laughs> trying tendrils. to figure out which node is doing the thing that you don't want to. So that that is an experience. Um, I can totally see why it works for a lot of people. Um, I the, I just I guess I just have a I like knowing the project inside and out, and um, I'm I'm a fan of trying to um, like visual things make so much sense to do in editor, um, uh, but but I want to sort of program in in a in a language and in, yeah. on a in the actual IDE, you know. Um, so yeah, I have there's things I like about Unreal though. For instance, the asset editor is really nice, um, and the material editing tool is really good as well. Uh, I like that you can double click on an asset in unreal and it opens up in its own sort of editor window and you can add the sort of bounding box colliders and, and change its settings and stuff without <laughs> having to drag it into the scene sort of the one thing i i drives me insane in unity is having to sort of i want to make a change to anything i have to like either create a new empty scene specifically for that object um hopefully the sort of nested prefab stuff will fix that but um we'll see yeah people are super excited about it yeah, I mean, I've I've I played with a really early version, and it it's exciting. Uh, it changes the way that you interact with things in Unity, though. Is you've got to like relearn a lot of behaviors, and oh, that's really? going to be the biggest like, yeah, the biggest wow. thing. Wow. Yeah, I just I just up, uh, upgraded to whatever the most current stable release yeah. is. Is it two thousand eighteen point two? Yeah, point two. Yeah, and I was messing with like the tile tile map stuff. I, oh, like, I love oh. tile map. Tile map yeah. is so good. Except I got Sprite Flicker because it's all like I don't have like Pixel Snap enabled. And I have to go find that friggin' toggle in like mm. the the material or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's but other than that, yeah, I've had. Have I've you had have you played with well. the um? Actually, I'm only saying this because the videos on Tile Map are me. Uh, if you go and look <laughs> at that, <laughs> so I, I know my way around Tile Map a little bit. But um, there's the uh, the custom brushes uh, where you can make like. The, the smart tiles and stuff they're so good to work with oh uh, yeah um, like the ones that like can change depending on what their neighbors yeah. are yeah. yeah 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 they're great I, I really enjoyed playing with those yeah they're pretty cool yeah um craig yeah what are you working on uh that you can talk about well or what what has recently come out because i played nano golf and i really I got, enjoyed it and good, i know you I contributed to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah yeah but it was really fun <laughs> oh i beat it <laughs> It was a, it was a, it was a hell Jesus. to beat it, but I beat it. It's pretty hard. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, it's free to download, Matt. So you yeah, can I'm just, on Twilight you know, Labs 36, and like on, on what? Every now and then, I'm like, I bet I could do this, and <laughs> well, I open it up, and I'm like, I suck at this. When the golf cart starts what? chasing you, that's when it's like. It gets real. Well, my guilty confession, and this goes with a lot of games that I work on, is that I'm not necessarily good at them either, right? Like, the only <laughs> time I played Nano Golf was when we, you know, I had a build on my computer that didn't, like, you know, have unlimited lives or whatever. Like, I can do whatever uh -huh. I want. So, I've beaten it <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> but there you go. Matt's already got it. He's showing nice. it to us on his... <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I got it. It's installing. Yeah. Yep. It was a, a short-lived guilt trip. Um, so yeah, I like video games. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, same goes with like I'm playing this now. Uh, Streets of Rogue, you know, which I also work on. Um, you know, I do new tracks for the game, and I've like reached the levels that these tracks are for, like in my 
build of the game, but I haven't necessarily like gotten there yet pr- playing as a proper, like, you know, the single player campaign as everybody would be playing it, like actually getting there by skill. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's all good. It's still, still can write for it. But anyway, so yeah, so Streets of Rogue, Nano Golf this past week, um, I was editing some dialogue for A Hat in Time. There's nice. some DLC. Are you working on that? That we're working oh, on. Oh, rad. Uh yeah, just oh, I didn't know you were on that. Yeah, cool. yeah, just just uh like the dialogue editing and the implementation on that. Um we we have somebody else who does the music and the sound. And right. uh what else? Oh, there's this I did the title music for regular human basketball. Oh, yeah. Have you guys heard of this game? <laughs> <laughs> I have not. It's pretty cool. Um it's like a game where you are a little man who has to get into a giant basketball playing robot and play against somebody <laughs> oh, yeah, else. I've seen this game. And, yeah, yeah. And you're, okay, you're working on that. That's cool. It's like the world's like most complicated, slowest game of <laughs> basketball uh, because you have to run around the robot and like push different buttons to make it move oh in certain God. ways. Freaking great. <laughs> it's a great idea for a game. Um, it's pretty okay. funny yeah this looks cool yeah it has killer yeah. commentary too it's like really funny because the announcers are just like your whatever default um uh, speech to mm. no no text to speech uh like robot oh, like microsoft okay and yeah. uh, it's it's just really well written it's really funny game that's cool <laughs> um yeah um, so those are a few I, I mean i work on a whole bunch of other things doing the freelance right. lifestyle but um those are some of the things i worked on the past few weeks uh the the hat and time devs they're, they're european based aren't they uh that's that team I- is like all over the world um i okay. think uh, i know a few of them are definitely european based um but um i haven't met most of them i only met jenna once totally randomly mm-hmm. while i was at Rezd, where i also met uh yep. keaton and matt um, yeah that was we went to the school <laughs> but she was at my a party teaches at Right, right. Yeah, there's a lot of weird connections. So, yeah, so Keaton lives in Oberlin, in Oberlin, uh, uh, Ohio, which is, uh, and his wife teaches at Oberlin College, which is where I went to school. So that's, he and I, whatever, we're randomly chatting at yeah. Res and find that I'm out. Like, is it, that's how is it, is it okay to live there? <laughs> right, that's because you, before you <laughs> moved there, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you yeah. think? Do you like the town? I mean, it was yeah, fun to no, go to college cool. there. It's, um, it's a it's a college town. Like that, if you've been to a college town, you know more or less <laughs> what to expect. But like, you know, I've got an office. Okay. Like, it's yeah. it's cheap to live here. So for indie dev stuff, it's actually pretty great. And we have an independently owned and operated internet service provider, which is amazing. Yeah. So I called them and was like, oh, "Hey, I need sweet. a static IP address," and they were like. The the secretary who answered was like, I don't know what that is. Let me put you on with the head of the company. Click, click. What do you need? Static IP. Okay, that'll be <laughs> 10 bucks a month. Sure. Okay. Da-da-da-da. Done. Click. End conversation. <laughs> Plus, you have one other game yeah, developer living um, there, right? Kyle Gabler, uh, who made uh, like World of Goo and Human Resource Machine. And they've got 7 billion humans coming out soon. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that is the game dev yep. scene of Oberlin, Two. Ohio. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah. Like It's one more than well, it's there was two before. more because we came <laughs> in at the same time. So I went from zero to two. 
<laughs> Wait, where, where's uh, the world that you did? He was in San Francisco from? before this. Yeah. Okay, that that adds up. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I just I think like I was talking to uh, Johanneman, um, the the creative director for Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, because he was at the Smithsonian Arcade mm. last weekend. And I know he recently moved from San Francisco to uh, Santa Fe. He's like, gotta yeah, out. just got got to get out, got to get out. Right? Yeah. So, so Dylan, this was your first GDC. I'm still playing this game, by the way, so I'm slightly distracted. <laughs> um, so, this was your first GDC and uh, your first time in San Francisco. Yeah. Thoughts? Um, downtown San Francisco. Downtown San Francisco can easily be swapped out with any <laughs> downtown major city. Mm. Um. I just I'm not I'm not I'm a not a big city slicker so well I, I mean there's less crazy homeless people in with health other countries <laughs> yes. is, um, I'm gonna play this card we have health care yeah you have yeah. health care and you take care of your you know I mean there's still homeless people but they're not going to stab you or there's or scream Hail Mary at you <laughs> um I mean that wasn't uh, you, you kind of said all that needs to be said on the on the on the homeless population in san francisco um i was prepared for a a tremendous amount of human waste on the sidewalks got a little bit not Ugh. not not a ridiculous amount yeah but other than that like once you move outside of downtown san francisco like mm-hmm. away from moscone like i was in russian hill a bunch because that's where my buddy was i was staying with um went to Haight ashbury a little bit and into the mission more i mean those those parts of town seem nice um but it was also very weird going from downtown chicago Another big city I've never been to before, and then taking a train to downtown San Francisco and being like, "Wow, okay, can't tell the difference." The architecture <laughs> was different. Um, yeah. I freaked out. Yeah. Oh sure, yeah, um, but it's like you spend only a, a, a scant amount of time in in a big city like that. I will say, it had been a while since I'd had legitimate ramen. I sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> I was gonna yeah, say I don't think I saw you guys like at the end of gdc i forget but uh oh, yeah. somebody died in the hostel where yeah. i was staying yeah we what? ran into each other oh, what at least yeah, i assume I so oh yeah i saw Keaton, uh, yeah because i saw you at pax east yeah that's probably where i told you um yeah yeah it was really close too to moscone i don't know what it was i assume it was probably like a drug overdose or something but there was like a wow there was a um one of those I was just walking to the bathroom in this hostel and there's one of those stickers uh, on on one of the doors to one of the other rooms with the, uh, I, I'm forgetting like, what it's called, uh, like the medical examiner's sticker sealing off the door okay. and saying like oh, it's geez. a felony to enter this uh, room like or tamper with this sticker and all that stuff. So that's that's where i stayed <laughs> but but it was, that was my time but it was uh it was really cheap so i might end up going there again <laughs> it it's just like so convenient it's yeah. really hard to turn down <laughs> right let's just all split a room that, that'll make the the cost cheap enough right let's just buy one hotel room i mean to be fair the beds in in america are huge so i mean you it, it's not oh too we hard. Always, yeah right? we always like, we always split a bed when I like do that. Yeah. I, when I, when I rode, um, you know, we would get the minimum number of, of hotel rooms as possible yeah. and just split all the beds. Um, oh yeah. Or you take, you take, you take both beds and you push them together. Yeah. And yeah. then you could probably 
fit super one or bad. more. Yeah, super bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you could fit probably like one or more extra people than you could if they were separate. Yeah, right, apart from when the bed sort of starts to fall apart in the yeah. middle of the night and there's just one guy on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> you put your auxiliary teammate in there. Explainable. You know, the standby guy. <laughs> I, I tried to... I tried to bring my uh, queen size air mattress to a hotel once on a game nice. conference that I was going to, and like the but the mattress was like so big that it just like couldn't fit anywhere in the room, like and we couldn't move. We, this was like a hotel where like the beds were like oh, wow. bolted down, like we couldn't move the beds, and um, so. I was like, well, what, what are we going to do? So somebody ended up sleeping in it like taco style, basically. Like we could only like blow it up, <laughs> half blow it up and they would like sleep in the middle and it would just kind of like fold up on them like a taco. Okay. And then Did I they just suffocate? ended <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I just ended up sleeping on the floor because it's like, I'm not going to sleep in the, in the taco with somebody else. Originally, there were supposed to be two people on this bed, but I'm not going to sleep like yeah. really face to face, like, you know, spooning each other in this yeah, taco yeah. bed. So All right, who's going to be the meat? Who's going to be the cheese? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't fun. Yeah, uh, my uh my Airbnb in at Pax West is a twin bed, which it's been a while. Not since sophomore year of college have I slept in a Lucky. twin bed. Mm. Um, yeah, so Don't come to the UK. You oh. you won't like hotels in the UK, mate. I I mean, it's not the biggest here. deal. The big deal is like if I were trying to split that bed with someone. I mean, it's, it's not a big deal unless you're six foot four and oh. your feet don't fit the, the in dangle. the bed yeah <laughs> this is it's an ongoing i ah oh god well i mean how the, the the tall people population in uk shouldn't it be sizable enough that they could you know no. create create a lobbyist Everybody, group no it's i mean it's re- the no, uk is a sadly, country where like the hot just, cold taps are still uh, separated in most places so to ask like bed length to keep up with the population's average height is too much (laughs) sounds like it's a major disadvantage having a city or a country that's as old as the hills i mean there's history which is nice you know castles are cool yeah but i don't want to live in a castle man castle what i want to live in a castle (laughs) why don't you want to live in a who doesn't want to live in a castle it's so drafty no i actually do want to live in a castle i'm I'm, imagine having a castle and then being like i'm just gonna go hang out in the tower and you just go up to the tower and you're just like i can see the whole country from here (laughs) the stone's so uncomfortable you can literally see the whole country from there like you could probably stand at the tallest fixture in the country and see both ends yeah definitely <laughs> that checks out <laughs> um all right i'm out of topics because we talked out we talked about everyone what everyone's been working on well do you um, want to talk about what we did for you had yeah. what about train jam <laughs> we didn't talk about train jam yeah. the yeah. thing that we, we did, did together do we have a do we have a post-mortem yeah on train jam uh, it- people like the game yeah, I've, I've had a lot of like even people that after the train jam have played it and they've been like, "This is yeah, good. You should make it." We and don't I'm have like, time. Oh no, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the death knell of a no, good game jam it game. It is good, so though. you should it's keep working on fun. this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no one we, work yeah, on it. I, I really like it. <laughs> Well, that was one of the brilliant things about how we did train jam was (laughs) we had Matt's like cell phone to hook into and then yeah, local git repo. That was a godsend. That 
Do, Except uh, like I would I would have to restart my you know Wi-Fi connection to it a couple times because yeah, sometimes I mean, it just wouldn't take. It wasn't yeah to, to pull down the I, latest kind. Yeah. I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere, so like sure. The fact that the f- in a big metal box where like radio signals just probably shouldn't yeah. exist. <laughs> um, like, so you know, forgiving that. Um, it was nice as well because we had that yeah. little like cubby hole. Yeah. So it was a nice place to hang out and work when you didn't want to be around, like be around loud noise and everything. Because it was nice to go hang out in the observation. Yeah. Carpet. It was also quite nice to be like, I'm going to go study. <laughs> It was also really weird though, because there were people on the train that I literally either like didn't know I mean, were there or like didn't pay attention right. to. So like I hung out with Dicey I mean, at GDC, and I us. didn't know he was on the train. That was at a least really it. long train. <laughs> yeah, so good. Do Craig, we want to explain? A decent amount- oh yeah, yeah. I walked oh. around a bit, but do we want to explain to your good listeners what point. it is? Do they know? Uh, train Jam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've, yeah. we've talked about Train Jam in the past. Uh, on we there. I, mean, I did a big spiel like, after I came back from GDC. So. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Track Trek. Track Trek. <laughs> you got to play the music I wrote on your show, Dylan. Yeah, no, Craig, if you send me that <laughs> file, I'll make it the outro music. I'll send it, yeah. <laughs> All right, sweet. Uh, you, got, you got a month, so we should be good. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Track Trek is a, is a, uh, a cooperative uh, track laying uh, simulator. Would we describe yeah. it as track laying simulation adventure game? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you, you collect resources. I think, like, I remember well, I came into it and I said to Keaton, I was like, okay, I have two goals for Train Jam. I want to make a cooperative game, and I want to yeah. use controllers. They were like the two, right? Sort of, yeah. And then, and then the, the theme was announced, um, which was Odyssey. And we were like, okay, well, yep. let's just get a train from A to B, but it's a really long map. Mm-hmm. Um, the, to clarify, I think, Matt, you wanted it to be multiplayer. And then Keaton was like, well, I don't want it to be competitive. I, yeah. want, a, I want a cooperative game. Something like um, that. I'm, well, I mean, I think it was, yeah, I think we, we had the, it was yeah. like, we, yeah. More I, I just, I think that was a great way to like synthesize an idea down to putting constraints on it like that. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, sometimes well, we, had, we had the other thing as well, like, because I've, so I, I think it was first time for all of you guys to do it mm-hmm. was this was Me. like my second one. Yeah. So I was like, well, you know, I set a time on when we had to have stuff done by as well. So it was like, we're going to have a playable build on the end of the first day. Yeah. And then the end of the second day is, is it should be finished. Um, and then the, the last few hours of the, the final day, at, uh, um, polish. Right. And I think we, we, we stuck to it pretty well. I mean, we had sort of one placeholder everything, but mm-hmm. the game yep. was fully playable in the on the first day, yeah. which was nice. And I'm usually not the main artist on a game. Um, usually, Your I do art all- was good, mate, though. It was <laughs> awesome. It looks great. I'm glad I, I redid the, the character designs because the first time they look like yeah. just generic, like silhouette, like solid color people. I'm like, this looks <laughs> bad. Or redo this. Okay, this looks way better. I'm really uh, pleased with how everything came together, though, as well. And... Um, I think just the way that we worked was really nice because so uh, we should probably say the roles. So I was, I guess, lead programmer. Um, Keaton, you were sort of designer and um, secondary. I mean, that's a pretty good right? description. Like, I was sort of you following wanna... in your lead and doing all the like secondary <laughs> yeah. stuff. So like menu logic and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Dylan, you were doing, we you were just doing art. <laughs> yeah. And then, 
Craig Craig did some lovely sounds and mm-hmm. sort of they popped in right at the end and we were like, oh, this all comes together now. <laughs> he was just like, here, I have all of these sounds, put them in. And then we started putting them in and we're like, oh, it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny though, because I didn't feel like I did that much art. Like I felt like I spent a decent amount of that train ride still just staring out of the window. And I would, st- I would stare out the window and be like, man, I should work on the game some more. And then I would just keep staring out the window. I'm I mean, like, I fuck, like no, I need, the, I need to train some more art. Experience. Uh, yes, right. definitely. And that's why you've got to yeah. like have something that scopes for that. Assume right? like yeah. a, a yeah. 30 to 50% you gotta keep, percent uh, loss you gotta keep... on time for staring. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. looking just, outside. Yeah. Assume that yeah. whole second day, just gone. Just pretend it's not you. there. Mm. Well, and, yeah. and the, the last end of like California yeah. is gorgeous over the mountains. It's just yeah. so good. Yeah. A favorite view on the entire trip? The For me, it's when you come out of the tunnel. I think it was a tunnel in California. Uh, is it Truckee, I think? And there's just, you're, we're on the top and under, below us is the lake. Mm-hmm. And it just goes on for ages. Mm. And we're going around this sort of corner curve to the left is sort of the edge of the mountain. Yeah. You know, we're just peering over. And, and this mm. time it was all in snow. The first time it wasn't snowy for me. So, but this, this year it was all covered in snow. So it just looked absolutely gorgeous. Right. Uh, yeah, that was probably my so favorite. So I grew up in Keaton Denver. So seeing the Denver, seeing Denver as the sun came up, as we like headed into the mountains on this train was probably for me the best. Um, I also really liked it when we got to Winter Park and it was covered in snow because um, I was uh, like I hadn't been in snow for a while. And I also learned that you can take the train from DIA to Winter Park and not drive. And now I'm like, well, now I want to do that. But um, yeah, just that <laughs> that morning shot of like over the city through the foothills as like the sun was coming up and it was a golden yellow mm. was probably my favorite. What yeah, you, I think, uh, well, this might be the same thing that Keaton is talking about, but when we all got off on the train and people started and it was like snow on the ground and the previous stop, it hadn't had nothing and people started making snowballs and throwing them at each other. And there was yeah. a guy <laughs> I, whose name I forget, but he had brought his accordion with him and he was playing like accordion nice. versions of video game songs. Did you guys see that? Legendary. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think at one point he was also uh. just playing the accordion song from Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which so I, I have that like stuck in my memory of him just nice. walking around like the, the bird guy playing that song. <laughs> um he's also apparently uh colloquially known as the tea guy because he has like a well, portable, yeah, he had like, like a boi- giant boiler. suitcase full of like hundred and twenty wow. different types of tea. It's the best. Like, I love have- train jam. Train <laughs> jam's so good. He's <laughs> like, I didn't bring any clothes, but I got, you know, tea for days. <laughs> yeah and no shower although shower, i guess Keaton, it was you and glorious Matt, uh, you had the showers huh yeah oh yeah yeah well the first time i did it i just did the seat mm-hmm. uh like you guys did and uh, yeah yes uh, having the shower you feel human makes a difference you just yeah i oh. mean to be fair though like you can you can um when you've got the seat yeah. you've got access to the washrooms and stuff so you can yeah. sort of yeah. clean yourself up sponge yeah. shower Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I did the uh, baby wipes yeah. all over. That's that was my shower. <laughs> yeah, right. Take off. I was so dehydrated. Baby wipes. <laughs> I was so dehydrated by the end of that trip, <laughs> and I did. I did not bring enough food. I did not bring enough water. Um, yeah. I was super terrified of accidentally killing Adam Saltzman. Like somehow, 
randomly bringing peanuts on board, so I avoid bringing any sort of trail mix or nuts <laughs> because, uh, and that's what I normally eat when I travel. So I sit down in my seat and I look to my right and across the aisle is this guy with this just giant can of planters mixed nuts that don't have peanuts in them, <laughs> but just like tree nuts. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> I'm just like sitting there like half dying. Like, I hate this. <laughs> I would not survive backpacking across Europe because I would just be like, uh, I'm not going to eat that because uh, this seems unhealthy and I would just, I would die. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, for me, the best uh, view was uh, what Matt described, mm-hmm. specifically going into that tunnel around the curve yeah. and then shooting back out and you're on the other side of it. It looked, it was, it was gorgeous. Um, yeah. I also really it was a good, like, yeah. 10 minutes when you're in the tunnel. So everything's just dark. Yeah. It's awesome. And you're like, what's the world going to look like on the other side? On the, tannoy, on the tannoy, he's like, just so you know, you're going to be in darkness for yeah. quite a while. Don't, don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm. Um, I also really like going through the prairies, uh, cause like the time of day, it was like kind of twilight. So it had this like just very mystic glow over everything, like with like red sand and, and, and clay and, you know, just little, you know, prairie ranges and stuff. That was really cool. Are you thinking of part the of, pre part of the mountain we or post mountain? Do you think you guys, uh, yeah, so uh, it was pre mountain. So it was like before we went to California. Uh, yeah, I just don't remember into, if it was Colorado. We got into Denver at like six in the morning, so it was probably like Nebraska and Illinois. Mm. Can I talk about how how surreal it was going into uh, the Denver uh, station? Because I was asleep, right? So I wake up and the train is going backwards, but I have no <laughs> I have no reference point for our movement. So I look out the mm. window and there's like all of this parallax, like scroll <laughs> happening but they're all going in separate directions so like there's a train on another platform also moving backwards or no it's moving forwards and then the the platform itself is moving another direction and i'm just staring outside and i just woke up so i have no idea what's going on yeah and then i look to the person next to me or like a, a seat across or a seat behind i'm like which way are we moving are we moving backwards he's like yeah i think we're moving backwards so i'm like okay and like still uh, like trying to I, wrap my as head soon around as i woke up <laughs> once we stopped um, and I realized where we were, and um, so I, I leapt off the train, ran into Union Station, grabbed a, a coffee and a scone, and then um, went over to where my wife and I had our uh, like wedding reception. Um, so, because it was, it's just across from Union Station, so oh, cool. like all of our wedding, all of our photos that we took in Denver of the wedding are like in front of union station. So I was like, Oh, this is nostalgic. And there were some other train jam people around, but I'm like, this is only nostalgic. No, I was like, this is only nostalgic to me. So I can't really share this with anybody, (laughs) but I'm glad I saw it. And then I got back on the train. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) I ran outside. I was like, I need to get food now. And I like just went to the convenience store and like grabbed whatever I could. Exorbitant Denver prices on the the train. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, I, I always pack an mm. incredible amount of snacks on any trip. Like back when yeah. my band would go on tour, like uh, we we had this van and it and it had um, little shelves around like the top of the van where you could stick stuff in. And I just got nuts and bananas and fruit like all around. And then my other one of my other band members, this guy Tony, he would show up for the same tour with just a plastic bag 
uh, with like a toothbrush and a pair oh. of boxes and that's all he would show up with so there's this giant contrast and he would just buy uh. everything like as we were going on tour but i was the one right. who's got like you know a giant i'm basically the tea guy I'd basically be the tea guy, like, except with like nuts and snacks and just putting them in all the little corners of our van for the whole tour. So playing your accordion. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. I think I sincerely fucked up, though, by making my first GDC trip Mm. my first train jam experience, because now I can't separate the two. Mm. Yeah, no, me neither. Mine was exactly the same when I did it the first time. And this was my second GDC and my second train jam. Um, and I'm very eagerly excited to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Are we going to bring the band back yeah. together next I'm year? Doing train jam I mean, I'm going. Sure. And I think Keaton, we've, you're going as well, right? Like we're doing it. Wow. So I mean, if 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 it is us, <laughs> if you guys are coming, then yes. fuck it, just yeah. do it. Track two. Track two. Yeah, I was about to say track, track two. Boop boop. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, I might yeah. go. It was pretty exhausting. I will say, like. It, yeah. The first mm-hmm. night, like I couldn't fall asleep. Period. Like I think it took me. Uh, I fell asleep at like four in the morning, and then at six or whatever. Why does the conductor come on? No, no, you have nothing to complain about, right? (laughs) Because I flew in, right, super jet lagged into Chicago, (laughs) then got on a train, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I've I've lost at this point, I've lost about what, five hours. And then and then you get on the train, and then the first day you go back in time another hour, (laughs) and then the next day you're back in time another two hours. And Which was great for me. I didn't suffer any jet lag going to San Francisco because I slowly adapted to it. It was only four hours difference. <laughs> and Matt, you did oh, have a total. bed. So, you had a bed, Matt. Yeah. So jet lagged. All right. Dude. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So the first night, so at Bitbash, uh, Ian, uh, one of the other Train Jam members, introduced me to Matt. And Matt is super jet lagged, but I'm not very good at like interpreting jet lag. Uh, so I just think uh, I think Matt to, hates me. Like he's just fair, like I did. I know. Let's be honest. I did preface as soon as you sat down and introduced yourself. I said, I, Dylan, I'm really sorry. I'm really tired right now." I did like. I guess I didn't I did register that because it. <laughs> it's just it's Matt like rolling his yeah. eyes and like not focusing on anything. I'm like, oh okay. Like I guess I, I'm not that interesting to listen to. I guess. <laughs> Which is the same thing that happened a bit with me and Ben Myers, who he's from South Africa, and so and I ran into him a couple times. Uh, at GDC, and every time I did, he was just like, "Yeah, hey." And then it wasn't until really afterwards I was like, way. "Oh, you you flew a, a great distance." <laughs> yeah. So well, plus so sorry, it's just Matt, at I, the at the end of GDC in general, that's how everybody is, right? Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. people yeah. who were super chipper on Train Jam are yeah. now just like you're talking to them, Broken and they're just like, beings. yeah, they're just like looking out <laughs> into the distance as as you're talking to each other, like. <laughs> got a thousand yard stare <laughs> yeah i um uh let me tell you what jet lag's like to a person who's never experienced it mm. flying back on my red eye back to the east coast oh, yeah yeah i uh <laughs> the first night i uh slept like four hours the nice. second night i slept 13 and was late for work <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck is this it's about the same when you go back to the like it's it, interestingly flying um flying east to west yeah. is not as bad as west to east um okay so like i can adjust to jet lag pretty easily when i'm flying out to the states um but but coming back to the uk i, I just write off a whole week um because yeah there's there's even even if you get an overnight flight 
which is good when you're going that far because you sort of if you sleep on the flight for the nine or ten hours then you wake up in the morning right mm-hmm. like um but yeah it still messes with you yeah i um my re- i think i left sfo at like 10 at night plane is sweltering sweltering hot so i'm like great oh. this is amazing amazing experience <laughs> we land my layovers in philly i get out and Phil, the Philly airport is the coldest building I have ever been in in my entire life. And I sit down at my gate, and there's just this vent over the entire gate just blowing straight down, making Ugh. it even colder. And when you're like that and you've jet lagged and everything, I'm like, I'm falling asleep. I fell asleep at my gate. Oh. I woke up, and they were calling group six oh, to my flights. I was group seven. Oh, wow. So I just stumbled out of my seat and then just stumbled uh, down the down the, nice. the gate into my plane. See, if you were with I'll, me, the tea guy, I would have multiple hoodies <laughs> with me and I'd lend you one yeah. of my hoodies because even if it's the middle of summer, if I'm flying somewhere, like I bring a hoodie and I wear pants, like uh, I basically like assume that the plane is going to be freezing cold and so i prepare for like winter basically on mm. the plane because planes are way too cold for me i get cold very easily i i had a hoodie with me i bought a hoodie at the metreon because i get to san francisco i'm like all right ready for sunny california i'm like wait what happened <laughs> and so i had to run in there the first day because it was you know damp and and cold yeah and i bought a bought a hoodie but still uh, cold but still cold <laughs> All right, cool. Um, well, we're kind of running at the at the end of our time, guys. If we want to hit this hour and a half uh, time limit, um, does anyone else have anything they want to discuss? Train Jam, their projects, otherwise. Yeah. Are you, how's your stuff coming along? Uh, yeah. My my yeah. Uh, my stuff's good. Um, I was working. Um, still fiddling around with Peak. I was I was doing. I was rehauling the art. Um. Because that was a feedback I got back from Mike Rose when I uh, had a short meeting with him, uh, which was funny because he wouldn't <laughs> respond to my DMs until Mike Bithel was like, I'll make him respond. <laughs> and then he got back to me right quick. Uh, but um, he was like, you should you should redo the art. And I was like, yeah, I was, I was going to do that. But then I started like focusing on doing that. And I was getting, uh, mm. getting some feedback from friends. And I was actually really liking where the art was going. Um, but I was like... You know, I get such hot and cold reception from this game, and also like I feel like I haven't gotten anywhere content-wise in like a year, and so mm. I don't know what the roadblock is. So I like I I put it on a back burner, and I started filling with this other project I had an <laughs> idea about. And I've actually yeah. gotten, been a lot more productive with that idea. I don't know that if happens, it's, man. I don't know if it's yeah. like the pressure of like there's no pressure of like this has to be the thing, and this yeah. it's already gotten such good reception, so you have to keep working on it. Um, well, I mean, like what you've done is you've just you've just not jumped into that sunk cost fallacy, right? Like, just explore this idea, and I mean, like you'll know, you know, if if the project is if this is a better project, like just you do it, right? Like, yeah, you can always go back, of course, and you, or you can always iterate. I mean, I think I remember talking to uh, Rami about this, and um, Nuclear Throne went through tons of iterations before they even started working on Nuclear Throne. Right. They were prototyping an idea for the game with the sort of running around and um, 
yeah, like I think they then worked on like two or three different games before they started what actual work on Nuclear Throne. So I think Gun Gods was like the original iteration of it, and then Gun Gods became yeah. like a completely different thing or became first right. person. <laughs> um, yeah, it's still Wasteland Kings in my heart. <laughs> yeah, similarly, the um, developer of Nano Golf um, and I, we we worked on like two mm-hmm. other games together that he like mm-hmm. scrapped before getting too far into them. Um, but, and he would post like, uh, gifts, uh, of the, of these games on Twitter and like, he's a pretty decent artist. So like they would get like a decent amount of likes, like probably like, uh, you know, a hundred likes or so for uh, one of them was like the spaghetti Western type game, but he just did this like mm. gif of nano golf and mm. that, that would get like 1500 likes on it. So it was like, yeah. that sort of thing was like, oh, okay, well it's clear that like, you know, before yeah. we've even like worked on this thing, really, it's really, it was really more like the early stages of concepting something mm-hmm. out. Like yeah. it was clear well, that the response why... was so good from that. Right. Yeah. I think like, that's why sharing prototypes really early is a great idea. Like just being like, Hey, look, I'm working on, you know, I, I tend to do it quite a lot when I'm working on different things. I'm, I just gift some stuff and I'm just like, this is a thing I'm trying at the minute. And you can gauge the reception to what people think. And, and, um, it, it, it gives you feedback super early on as to whether or not you think there's going to be a target audience for this. Right. Yeah. And um, I think the most successful developers do that um, rather than go and develop a thing for a year and a half in their little cabin. And then they come out and go, Hey, look at this thing I've made. And it sort of falls flat because they haven't really gauged their audience. <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. Mike Bethel it- did do that, right? He kind of, yeah, your hero. Got an audience now, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's a different, different thing. Yeah, he's got a following, and we don't. uh, Yeah, Mike. Mike's just let's. I yeah. (laughs) I um I had him on um a little while. I think it was before Pax East. Um, and it was after GDC, obviously, but. Uh, we were talking about being prolific, right? Um, and he was like, "Yeah, like you know, I want to, I want to put out a lot of work." And then a month later, he announced uh, Quarantine Circular, mm-hmm. and I like DM'd him. I was like, "I didn't know this was like in the queue when you <laughs> when we were talking about you know being prolific with one's work." And now he's working on uh, like a mo- uh, film IP or something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, that's last I spoke to him, he was doing something like that. Yeah, yeah. he told me about Pretty exciting. Uh, he told me about his, uh, and I won't say what it is, but he told me about um, what his like ideal game or like what his fantasy game he ever wants to make is, and it was it was pretty funny. Um, if I ever have him on again, I'll see if he wants to talk about it. But it's it's an interesting idea of what he wants mm. to make. Um, well, I feel cool. like I feel like Matt's got a similar sort of output, right? I mean, he's working on these games, he's doing this contract work, and then he's d- got this movie or whatever. Like he's a director too. What's the deal, yeah. Matt? Yeah, what the so heck? I don't have a social life or <laughs> that's all right don't uh, anyone one. who loves me Aww. and so apparently the time invested in that can go towards working on loads of stuff that's that's the secret we love just, you matt just just, just be fly solo like literally <laughs> in every output. form in every possible avenue of your life fly solo uh, yeah no i i don't know i just like I, I fall into a lot of stuff and i get really excited about projects and that's really what drives me i guess and uh, i probably do work a bit too I, I i tend to find that like i'll burn out really quickly um and so i then just need to take like two or three solid days off uh and just don't talk to anyone <laughs> and then i can i can amp up again but um 
Yeah, it's, it's just keeping plates spinning, I find. Yeah. Cool. Well, guys, I think that's a good place yeah. to wrap it up. What do you think? Heck yeah. Yeah. I want to thank you all then for get- coming on. Uh, we should definitely have you guys on again. Maybe, maybe <laughs> if not before GDC next year, definitely at GDC. <laughs> Traveling with microphones is such a pain in the ass, you guys. Because like you got to find a place to record, and then you got a place oh, to, a to store the the goddamn microphones. Um, yeah. But um, let's go ahead and, and talk about where we can find you all, Matt. Where can people find you? Uh, best place to find me is on Twitter. Uh, where I do the tweeting and stuff because that's where I'm most I spend most of my time. That's where the tweets live. Again, I don't have much of a life, um, so just it's just Matt Gamble on 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 Twitter, <laughs> uh, and and that's that's my face. Uh, I'm Check also on Twitter. Yeah. I am not Keen, where very can find you? frequently with the posting, but um, it's I I use an old nickname I got in Japan, which is Shibusuke. Um, I guess I can spell that for you. It's S H I B U S U K E. It's a pun on being like kind of old and crotchety, um, which is pretty accurate. Um, yeah, and then uh, you can also find oh my my the book that I worked on came out last month. Um, you can find that in yeah, it's the Legend of Zelda Sweet, Encyclopedia. So you can find that pretty much everywhere. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So I translated that. Yeah, and then um, I've also got the you I translated on the Breath from, of the Wild compilation yeah. that's coming out later this year. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Craig, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, I'm CB Stegeman. So that's spelled C B S T E G E M A N. And then my website is cb-sound.com. It's got my stuff awesome. that I've worked boop, on boop. there. I am to make sound things for you. Sure. What's do it? What's the What's the story behind Stegeman? Is that it's a <laughs> it's a long it drawn your, out you, story. It's my okay. middle my middle name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Somebody Craig Barnes <laughs> was already stolen, man. On everything, you know. There's already a Craig Barnes on every possible. See, that's the site. upside for having a really <laughs> obscure surname is you can always nab it. Yeah. And it's always the first thing. I'm, I love it. It's great. I'm like, is there a Matt? Nope. There isn't. Sweet. That's mine. <laughs> there is literally no other Dylan Alvento in existence. Right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, if you like this episode, and you want to listen to any of our other episodes, you can find them at ward-games.com. Or on Twitter at Word Video Games, or on your podcast app of choice. Subscribe, like and subscribe, give us a review, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Guys, thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. thank you. Of course, I love you guys. We'll do it again. It was, it was awesome hanging out with you at GDC. It's awesome hanging out with you now. Always, yeah. it's always a pleasure. Definitely, yeah. Craig and I are going to be best best buds at PAX West. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> You're going to miss us. <gasps> <laughs> I do. I miss you guys. I miss all of you. <laughs> Come jam. to the States. Well, yeah. <laughs> Give me some time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. All right. And Keaton, good luck on your release. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Two weeks. Is it the final stretch? <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Just like low level <laughs> screaming for the next. <laughs> just like barely outside, like the human, like perceivable noise, yeah, just like just that like a frequency. Dog slightly whining. It's <laughs> a high pitched whistle. <laughs> All right, guys, until next time.
Bye. Bye.